Hey, Sacramento Soccer Squad. Welcome to episode 20 of the Sacktown FC podcast, the number one soccer-specific podcast in Sacramento, part of the Beautiful Game Network. Check out other podcasts from all levels of the USL and MLS. Visit them on vgn.fm. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined by my co-host, John. How are you, John? I'm doing well, Luis. Um, you know, minus a little chaos here and there, it seems like it's all good. Uh, the Roseville Police Department did a parade uh, around the neighborhood today, and the kids actually really enjoyed it, so it was nice. Oh, that's that's good. So it's good that, you know, they're they're still doing things out there, and, you know, it's, it's definitely a time when you need more of those uh, community things to happen, and, of course, you know, uh, practicing social distancing as well. So that's, yeah. that's good to see him do that. So, John, I mean, today's the 20th episode, and it, it's crazy, right? Like, it, we, we started doing this podcast at the end of January, and, you know, it's, it's been, like, a, a little over two months, like, slightly over two months, and we're at 20 episodes now. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. It's been, it's been a great time, and we've had some really awesome guests. We've had some really good conversations, and with it being the 20th episode, there's more to come, right? Yeah. And, you know, today's guest is, is really great. And, you know, we're really honored to have him on. So shout out to our official, unofficial sponsor, New Glory Beer. Our friends are now selling kegs for their shelter in place special out of their locations for a $100 deposit. Order one of three choices in Citra Dream, Breakfast Hustle, and Do You Even Mosaic, Bro? And don't forget the deliver to your door as well in California, that is. They won't bring a keg to your door, though. So you'll have to go and physically pick that up. Check them out today at newglorybeers.com. Today, joining us via the Makuni Dreamline is a Wolves fanatic and a man who has stolen the hearts of Republic Faithful in the very short time that he's been here. And he's also done a great job of embracing the community and tying the community into what his philosophy of coaching is. Please welcome your coach and ours. Mark Briggs. So coach, uh, first off, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm uh, not too bad at all and thank you for thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah, thank you for for joining us today right here. It's a good little afternoon here. Sun's out. Hopefully it's out over there with you guys too, but it's out here in Modesto, so great actually, great day. I'm actually down in Modesto. Oh, wow. That's that's great. Yeah, well, welcome yeah. welcome to Modesto. <laughs> um <laughs> So can you give us some insight into how you came to love the game? Uh, I think it's just it's just a part of my DNA. Um, I think, you know, from from growing up, I was uh, born into a football family. Uh, my All my family are huge Wolverhampton Wanderers fans, Wolves fans. And uh, my dad played the game. My uncle played the game. So I was brought up around the game and um, as to be quite honest, as soon as I could walk, I was I was with a ball. I was kicking a ball. I was a ball came everywhere with me. I, I wasn't interested in a bike or computer games or any other, any other toys. Or I just wanted a football, um, and I'd just be out out at the fields for hours and hours with the ball and playing with my friends and those types of things. So I, I fell in love with a game really as soon as I could walk. So you retired from playing in 2013, and two years later, you're you're into coaching. Was coaching always something you wanted to do post playing career? No, I think as as a player, you don't really uh, you don't really want to 
want to start to think about the next step and think about like your playing career coming to an end. Um, and I was no different. Um, I just fell into, I was in Wilmington, North Carolina and, um, instead of going home um, somebody asked me, Craig Johnson, who was a part of the organization asked me to stay. Um, and so I ended up staying and coached with, uh, um, a U12 girls team. Um, and from, from that point with that group of girls, I, I became addicted to coaching and really enjoyed it and, uh, playing kind of, kind of took the back burner then I'd lost interest in that and kind of, you know, took it from there really. Um, but I'd say that those girls gave me the real, the real buzz for it. Yeah. The, the, the girls part of the game, I, I used to coach boys and I just couldn't do it. Uh, girls were, they were willing to listen and like sponges. They wanted to learn as much as possible. Yeah. So I've, I've not left the girls game and, and I don't think I ever could. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Like coaching, coaching girls is fantastic. And it's where I, where I started and something that I, you know, I, I firmly, firmly believe in and follow, follow the sport uh, on the female side uh, pretty closely. Um, so no, it, but you're right though. It, it is a different animal. Um, it's, it's a completely different perspective, uh, how you are as a coach and, how they, the information you give and the information, how they take it, you know, you always have to, things have to be done slightly different. Um, if you're saying the same scenario to a boy and to a girl, it has to be presented slightly different. Yep. You have to, empathy and tact is, is quite different at that point. For sure. For sure. So um, from 2016 to 2018, of course, you, you were coaching the Real Monarchs, you know, they always have a really competitive team out there and, you know, everyone, you know, always has a hard time playing against them, definitely. And then, you know, you came to the Republic in 2019. Um, what made you want to join the Republic? Uh, I think the Republic, it's got, you know, it's a great club. Um, I think, and now, now I'm on the inside of the club, it's, it's even more impressive than what it was from the outside looking in. Um, I think in and around the USL and in and around the country, to be honest, everybody knows that, you know, Sacramento, Sacramento is a, a club that does things properly and treats people well. And then, of course, you have the whole game day atmosphere that you guys, the fans, provide. Um, so for me, it was a no-brainer to come to Sacramento um, at first as the academy director. And now, obviously, uh, things have evolved and I've become the head coach. So I just think it's a great club and I was. It was a no-brainer when the opportunity came about to to be able to come. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, game day is something else, and you know it's it's been like that, of course, ever since the team was founded. So, yeah, definitely a really great atmosphere out there. So, coach, you you made an impact from day one of training camp with calling in the entire club, the staff, the the backstage staff, everybody to training. Where did you get that idea from? Uh, it's something that I was I, I was just kind of thinking about for a while. Um, I'm not sure I got the idea from anyone. It was just something that came into my head one day, and I was actually having a conversation with um, my kit man, um, Alex Caparelli, um, and we were just going back and forth about things that we we'd both experienced and both seen. Um, and it just it just came into my head, and it's something that I, you know, I truly believe in. And thankfully, it worked out, and it it seemed to go down well. Um, 
but I, I think I said on on the Republic podcast and say the same like right now, like everybody within the football club has has their role and their own specific role. Um, and it's basically it's a big cog, and we all have to we all have to do our part in order for the wheel to turn and go in the direction we want it to go. It was something that just naturally came to me through a conversation with Cappy, but it's something I'm glad I'm glad I did. Yeah, no, I, I think it was it was good that, that you did that too, and you know, of course, you know, something that we we didn't see before, so it it was you know really great to to see that come about and to see you know that unity, especially since since day one is is always great and, you know, great way to start the season. So, um, coach, uh, what former or current coach would you say that you get your philosophies and tactics from? Um, I think people that had a big impact on me. Um, I was very fortunate when I came through at West Bromwich Albion that I, I had um, a couple of coaches in Richard O'Kelly and John Truick who were probably – 15 years ahead of ahead of other coaches at that time um and they they taught the right things and they had pretty good philosophies and I got to learn a lot coming through coming through as a young player at that point I didn't realize how much of an impact it would have on me in the future um I was just a player trying to absorb as much as I could in from them um but I think those two guys played it played a big part in in uh, shaping me as a coach today, um, and then obviously you look at the you look at the top coaches out there. You know, um, obviously Jurgen Klopp's one at the moment that's you know does really well, and you follow. But I'm a big fan of George Sampaoli, uh, Diego Simeone, and Marcelo Bielsa. Um, those are those are probably the four that I I look into and study and try and learn from. So with this downtime. Um, that we've had. Have you used that time to reflect on your coaching at all? Yeah, you you constantly reflecting every single day. Um, as soon as I get off the training field and I'm back in the office, I'm reflecting on the training session that just happened. Um, did I get out of the training session what I wanted? Um, did I get my points across? Did I take as much time as I wanted in getting my points across? Did my staff help out and get their points across was the setup right um did the players get what we were trying to get across um i think you you're constantly evaluating and it's constantly it's never good enough you know you 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 can be happy with a session but there's always things that you can do better um so i think that's just the hunger that you you have to have within yourself if if you want to be successful you you have to constantly be trying to improve and constantly be trying to be better um so i think yeah like i'm constantly trying to get better and constantly doing things with the players with the staff with todd um and speaking to other other people around the, around the world that i respect and trying to gain as much knowledge as i can so it can help myself so coach um during this time of uh, quarantine uh, how are you staying engaged with the team and you know making sure that your ideas are still ingrained Yeah I've been doing there've been a, a number of ways to be honest they they do a daily workout and uh, they do a daily workout that they have to log and they have to report their their times their scores for whatever the activity is we have them doing um, a technical exercise each day so we're still getting them touching the ball 
uh, we turned that into a little bit of a competition. Um, and we've just now started going on to the to the Zoom. So now we'll we'll do um, our daily workouts on Zoom, so everyone can see one another. You get that team camaraderie, you get that togetherness, and we do weekly quizzes. Uh, we're trying to come up with all sorts of unique unique ideas to to keep ourselves one first and foremost together, um, keep ourselves familiar with one another. Um, also hold one another to a standard um, from a fitness standpoint um, and then from a tactical standpoint um, one exercise I've done with a group is I, I split them up into um, six six teams um, each team had to analyze a 15 minute period of our first game against Tulsa um, after they analyzed the 15 minute period they were given they then had to come up with a training session to fix the issues that they found within those 15 minutes. So just trying to come up with unique ways to get their brains to think about the game and think about how we can get better and what they could have done better in certain scenarios. So that kind of leads us to the next question. Uh, We've been talking a lot on the podcast about uh, training. When you are isolated from your team, Every day you're isolated is another day of training you need to get back to game shape. So when you do return, will it be like the first day of camp all over again for you guys? Um, I, I think we're in we're kind of in an extremely unique situation, right? I don't think anybody in professional football has ever faced this type of scenario. Um, so we're, we're trying to we're trying to stay together as a group and we're monitoring the workload that they do every day. Um, so, for example, we're, we're trying to keep the players on the exact same pattern they would be on if we were training um, week to week. Um, so, at the moment, we're you know we we play on a Saturday, we recover on Sunday and do a warm down session slash recovery session. Monday they're usually off, and then we go into a four day build up into the next game. Uh, so, we're trying to keep them on that track as much as we possibly can. Um, but it's probably going to be, you know, it's going to be going back to not square one, I don't think, because um, I trust my players and I know that they're putting in the work away from away from the um, training field at home. Although it's in a different different environment, I do know that they're putting the work in. So I don't believe we'll be at square one, but we will. it is a setback. So we'll have to figure out where we're at and make the most of it and get as much out of them as we can before the first game that we actually get back on to Papa Murphy's. So, you know, here on the show, we, we tend to talk a lot about, you know, the amazing things that the Republic does for the community. And, you know, there's always something going on and it's, it's always something that, you know, puts a smile on our face, especially, you know, being Republic supporters. Um, right. But uh, what does the community mean to the club in your opinion? Everything. Everything. Um, I think we're a part of the community. Um, And we're fortunate in the fact that we're a part of the community that has a big impact on people's lives. Um, So we we have to make the most of that and we have to do what's right by our community and make sure everybody understands that we are a part of this community and we all want to do what's right for this community so it makes us all happy. Um, And if we can bring success as a football club, Obviously, first and foremost, success everyone relates to winning games and winning championships. That's obviously has to be a goal. 
Um, but also there's a number of other ways that we can be successful. And like you just said, being successful and having people recognize what we try and do in the community, helping the community right now, going out and helping, helping the elderly so they get their food, um, doing certain things like that, that we, that we believe are the right way, the right way to do things and treating people the correct way. Um, so hopefully we do have a good impact on the community because we, we love the community we're in and, and we're proud of our community. So you said something a few weeks back and I wanted you to explain it because I felt like it, it was something that I've thought for the longest of times and to hear you say it kind of spoke volumes. And you said, I think first and foremost, you know, Sacramento Republic is probably the biggest club in the USL. And with that comes certain expectations. What makes you feel this way? Um, I think it's just when you come here, there's, there's um, what's the right word I'm trying to get? There's just a belief. There's a community that's behind the team. Um, so when you come here as an opposing, as opposing coach or an as opposing player, you're already kind of like, ah, it's going to be a great atmosphere tomorrow. Like we've got to be on, we've got to be on our game. Um, so like around the league, this club's known as a very big club, as a very, a very good club. And I think with that comes expectations, with that comes standards, you know? So uh, it's like any, any big club around the world, there's pressure, there's expectations and there's standards that have to be met. Um, and that's how I feel about this club. It's For me, it's the biggest club in the USL. It's the biggest club in the league. And people will argue that it's not, but I think it is and I believe it is. And I've been in the league a long time. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's a privilege to, to coach this club. It's a privilege to be able to work for this club. Um, and it's something that I take extremely serious. And, um, you know, I'm determined to, to bring success to this club so this is actually a, a fun question we we like to ask um coach but um so you're a manager of a club with an unlimited transfer budget yeah. what four players from the past or present are you building your team around is this uh is this like any player any yeah. player any position um no no rules behind it just four positional players or goalkeeper uh four goalkeepers if you want but <laughs> Uh, four, player, four players that you would build your team around, past or present. Past or present. Okay, I'm gonna go with um, Virgil Van Dyke at centre back. Okay. I'm gonna go with Lofa Mateus in midfield. I'm gonna go with Maradona. Okay. And then. I'm debating whether I go with a number nine or I go with a number one. Ooh. Uh, I like to score goals. I'm going to go with the original Ronaldo. There we go. I like it. <laughs> now the question is, what hairstyle does he have? Does he have that little funny arrow in the front? or <laughs> He's got to have the little arrow, right? Oh, man. And the, and the Brazilian materials, I, I assume, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. The blue and silver ones, I think. Yep. With a little bit, with a hint of yellow in the, yeah, the, in the lacing. Oh, I miss those. You can't find boots like that anymore. No, they they come out with so many different types of boots now. It it yeah, it's crazy. 
Well, you know, with the team that who is it on the on the team that has the old school Copas? Oh God! Oh, Deco Keenan. Yeah, Deco Keenan. Yeah, Deco's got the Copas, and Deco's got the actual World Cups with a kid <laughs> that he pulls out for the games at Papa Murphy's. Oh man, those are so nice, and they're so old, but but beautiful. They are. They are. Well, Coach, we, we want to say thank you for your time today, um, and we hope to see you out at uh, Papa Murphy's here, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, thank you for, for, the, for the talk, guys. It's much appreciated, and stay safe, and uh, hopefully see you guys soon. All right, thank Cheers, you. Coach. You too. And we'll be back after this quick message from Makuni. Today's guest was brought to you by the Makuni Dreamline. Makuni is offering 15% off your order and has made it easy with the Makuni app. Please make sure to pre-order, stay in your car when you arrive, and they will deliver your meal to you in your car. Visit them today at mikunisushi.com or download their app, available on the App Store or Google Play Store. And uh, we're back. So, um, John, we got some soccer news to share with everyone. So, yeah, Luis, you you were there, there's some news. Uh, we actually had somebody on our social media ask us our thoughts on Carlos Cordero the situation and what we thought about it as it related to the pay discrepancy between the men's and the women's national team and the approach that he went with this. And so with that being said, we stand behind the women's national team. Uh, They have been a staple in the country, not just because they've won world cups, something that men haven't done, but because of what they stand for. They've always been about team camaraderie, um, and they've always represented themselves with the most class of any competitive program. For him to come out and make those statements about you know, scientific study or scientific reasoning and, and diminishing the, what the women have done, basically, by saying men play a harder... Um, play at a higher level or harder level. It's disappointing. And so when he said that, you knew something was going to happen. And I think the right thing happened with him resigning from the position as the president of the United States soccer program. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy, you know, why, why he would say something like that too. And I mean, I, I just, I can't believe that the federation even allowed, you know, such a statement to go out. Like it's, it was, you know, like really embarrassing to see that from the Federation's part too. And, you know, he did the right thing in resigning, but it's, you know, it's just one of those things that it's just unbelievable. Like it, you kind of wonder what's going on in, in their minds while they say these things. And yeah, it was completely unacceptable. And I mean, luckily he's, he's not there anymore because, you know, we, we don't want that in our Federation. Like that's, that's, that was bad. Well, I mean, even for him to then come out and say, well, I didn't know what I was signing upon the release of it. Well, why aren't you paying attention to what you're signing? And I think that's a lot, that's a, that's a, that's a problem. And for this federation to bypass people who have been in the federation for this gentleman who is a business guy and and knows business, but doesn't understand soccer, it's disappointing. And I think for the most part, when they reelect, they need to think about who they're bringing in, who's going to develop this culture. Can they help develop and put soccer, at least on the men's side, on the map? Because the women are one of the biggest 
programs in the world. I would put them up there as the biggest women's team first off, but then amongst you look at the European teams, Barcelona, Real Madrid, the women have that same iconic stature as those clubs. And so when, when he made, when Carlos made those statements or, or signed off on those statements, it's, it was disappointing because the women do deserve to be paid the same as men as the men's club because of what they've accomplished and what they've done for the game in America worldwide, everywhere. They have been a staple of, of soccer since day one. And so, you know, for him to make that statement, it's disappointing that he said it. It's more disappointing that United States soccer federation thought that this was somebody that could lead um, their federation. And it really is a black eye for the, for the nation right now in the federation because of what was said. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of our sponsors pulled back a little bit and said, Hey, we want, we want to have, we, we want to know what's going to happen more often than, than seeing a, a memo or desk conversation. We want to be a part of what you're, what you're doing. And I, th- I think that should be looked at a little bit more too. Yeah. I mean, if you know if anything i feel like they should be paid way more than than the men's soccer team because you know <laughs> the men's soccer team hasn't really done that much too and i think over the past couple of years like you know they they haven't really done as great you know they didn't qualify to the past world cup you know i i think you know he says that he just signed it without you know not knowing what he was signing for and part of me doesn't want to believe that i feel like he did know what he was signing out for but he just didn't know what was going to happen. And he just doesn't want to admit that he did know that. Well, one of the things he said was the competition level in the men's game is, is so much higher. Well, let me, let me explain this. The women are the highest in terms of competition. They are the team to beat. They are the creme de la creme of, of women's international soccer. And teams want to beat them, but they can't. So how is that any different than the competition that the men play for Brazil or Germany or France or England or Spain? Because we are essentially that country for the women's game. Everybody looks to beat us. Everybody wants to be like us. They, they look at our philosophies. So it's crazy. It's, it's just, it's over the top. I'm glad he's gone. Good riddance. Get out of here. Let's get somebody in who's going to do, um, something right for the women. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And I remember when they were doing the, the elections for president, like there there were much better candidates too that, you know, could have been much better than him too. And, you know, even when he was chosen, it was one of those things that, you know, it was kind of mind-boggling because, you know, he was competing against, you know, other former players and people who have been, you know, in the game for a while. But it just didn't make sense, you know. So, you know, and then... He got what he deserved, and and it's good that, like you said, that he's gone. Yeah, so um, also out there, we talked about it in the last episode, but I want to make sure we talk about it again. Please make sure you look at, if you are interested in getting your child signed up for youth soccer, make sure you check your local youth soccer website and get them registered. It's that time of year. It's important to get them going. If it's a game that you love, it's a game they'll love as well. So please check your local soccer club for signups today. 
Also, make sure you check out our website at sacktownfc.com and join the squadron. Um, on that link, the tab, you can join the squadron and it gives you access to our Slack channel. It gives you an opportunity to be put into a lottery or bypass a lottery for events or dinner at McCoonies with myself and Luis. Maybe even Danny will join us for that as well. Or even beers at New Glory. We also want to be able to find out who's a part of our, our squadron and have a beer or two before games at Papa Murphy's Park once soccer returns. So please take a look at that squadron and sign up today. If you're not following us on social media yet, then you know we invite you to follow us. So we can be located on Twitter and Instagram, both on as at Sacktown FC. And if you're more of a Facebook person, we actually have a page and a group. Uh, we can be found there on at Sacktown FC Podcast. And our group is called Sac Republic Fans. We are on with a little over 140 fans now and growing by the day and come on over and check out our group and share, you know, anything soccer related or anything going on in the community. You can also find us on YouTube at Sacktown FC. Uh, we don't have that much content up right now, I believe. I think we only have one video with John reacting to a game. But we are going to be putting up more content as well. So please, you know, hit that subscribe button to help us, you know, reach 100 subscribers. Um, because, you know, once we reach 100 subscribers, as I've been saying for a while, um, we're going to be able to do YouTube lives. And, you know, we're working on a lot of great content for you guys. And if we're able to add some YouTube lives to that content, it's going to be that much more great. So, you know, help us reach that goal. So when the season comes back, we are able to, to do our lives on, on there. Um, we actually now have a website, as we've been um, talking about um, recently. And as John said, we can be found on at sacktownfc.com. That was uh, www.sacktownfc.com. Um, you know, you come check us out. You can only find all of our episodes there if you choose not to download a podcast uh, platform. But you can also learn how our show came together, what we're up to, and you're able to also contact us there. You know, if there's something you want to share or if there's something you want to ask for an upcoming episode. And as John also said earlier, you're also able to sign up for the squadron on there as well. So we have dedicated pages for that. And, you know, we invite you to check out our website. If there's any feedback you want to give to us on our website or maybe uh, content that you would like to see on the website, then please let us know. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique and completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. So that's all we have for today in episode 20. Thanks for listening, and remember that we will be dropping podcasts twice a week with the goal of uh, dropping podcasts every Tuesday and Friday. So make sure you have your notifications on, as you know we know you don't want to miss it, and make sure to subscribe and give us some positive comments. Um, me and John were recently reading one that came through on Apple Podcasts, and we really appreciate um, you for leaving that comment. And, you know, if you want to leave us a comment, Apple Podcast is a good platform to leave comments on. There's a couple others out there, but Apple Podcast is definitely the, the one of the top podcast uh, platforms where you're able to leave reviews. And so, yeah, we would appreciate that. And thank you. 
So again, thanks to Coach Briggs for taking the time to chat and make sure you check out the website for Sacktown FC related news, as well as news from around the football world. We'll talk to you soon, everyone. Have a good day. Cheers. All right. See everyone. Have a good day.